Direct from Music City, this is live from Nashville on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. darkness over me Since my true love walked out that door Tears I never cried before Ribbon of darkness over me Clouds gathering over my head They chill the day and hide the sun And shroud the night when day is done Ribbon of darkness over me Rain is falling on the meadow Where once my loving I did lie Now she is gone from the meadow Young as spring Where clouds did bloom And birds did sing Ribbon of darkness over me Dive into her music and visit with her today. 
Well, it's going to be pretty exciting to talk with Melissa, and we're looking forward to our visit with her. And then our second guest on the show today is Gary Nicholson. And Gary is a two-time Grammy Award winner. He is in the Texas Songwriters Hall of Fame, as well as the Nashville Songwriting Hall of Fame. So this is going to be a fantastic show today. We are looking forward to that. Thank you for joining us today, and we're going to listen to a great song from Melissa right now. It's called Kentucky State of Blue. When we come back, we'll be talking with Miss Melissa Deaton today on Live from Nashville. Kentucky State of 
welcome to our show, Melissa Deaton. How are you? I am great. How are you? I, we're awesome. Hey, Miss Melissa. Awesome. Hi. How Thank are you? Thank you so much for having me. I am doing well. We are tickled to have you. You and I have been friends on Facebook for about a decade. I don't know if you realize that. Or oh, my goodness. Yes. Like, I mean, no, time flies. You were like I'm 10. Fine. I think you were like 10 or something. You know. <laughs> no. But, of I'm a, I'm older but anyway, I don't okay. know why. I don't know why it's taken us so long to have you on one of the shows, but we're tickled to have you with us today. Well, I really so, appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. So tell us a little bit about you for our worldwide audience out there that's listening. So when did you get started with music? Well, I, I first started singing in church um, when I was five years old. I sang Father's Eyes by Amy Grant. And, um, of course, as a, a little child, I just confidently went up to, on stage and knew every single word. And, uh, <laughs> so, you know, that not so much now, but um, then I, you know, I just <laughs> – and uh, so I started singing in church, and that's where I sang for most of my young years. And then as I became like a young teenager, I started doing singing competitions and, you know, I always wanted to be a singer. I wanted to do something to, you know, give me some confidence and, and, you know, learn how to take, you know, winning and losing. And um, that's when I started uh, performing on stage and, um, you know, it just kind of went from there. And then I started, uh, singing with a band it was a dance band actually for like weddings and receptions we did like Motown like totally opposite of what I do um oh wow that was, like such an amazing I know it was such an amazing experience and that became like my music family and that's how I really learned to like perform and and you know put my yeah. heart and soul into music and um and then I started uh you know trying starting to write my own music and started performing um and on a radio show and a TV broadcast and, um, you know, started to, you know, kind of developed later in life. And I didn't start playing guitar until my thirties. Um, oh, wow. So you and Mary Kay have yeah. a lot in common right there, girls. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Never yeah. I played yeah. Started in my forties. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And that's another thing too. Like, um, you know, I, I, people are like, well, you know, I'm too, I don't want to do that now. I'm too old. And, or, you know, I'm doing other things in life, and I just feel like it's never too late. If you want to do something, you know, just dive into it. And, and that's when my, yeah. you know, songwriting started to happen, and I started to gain some independence as an artist and able to get out and perform and stuff. So I think this yeah. is the first time, Mary Kay, that we've ever had a wedding singer on the show. That's kind of a cool <laughs> deal. At least one that we that, know of, because, you know, singers, that we know they, of. they sing when that's they can right. sing. That's, That's right. right. I'm very so, versatile. Yeah. So, Melissa, do you remember where your first paying gig was? Oh, man. That's a good question. Someone just told me recently that they gave me my first gig, and I'm not sure if that's true, but they said that it was in Frankfort, Kentucky, and that was like 10 years ago or something. So, they may be right. I can't remember. But um, I guess my first paying gig really was when I was with the Sensations. And that was the the dance band, and that was in like oh, my wow. twenties. Wow! 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 So, uh, what's your favorite kind of music to perform? 
Um, well, I really, country has always been like my love. Um, yeah. But I, you know, and I, I like to do covers and stuff too. And I kind of just do a mix of everything because if it's a good song, then it's a good song. You know, I just, I love pretty much all music, but my heart is with, you know, more, more country. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we're going to play a little country music here in just a minute. One called, one called Bird on a Wire. But uh, yeah. can you tell us anything about this song before we play it? Um, well, it was just, uh, you know, I, I was sitting watching this bird sitting on a, a telephone wire, and it just made me think about, um, you know, people in life getting discouraged and getting tired and just, you know, not giving up and just having hope and to keep keep going forward so that's where this came from well let's take a listen to bird on a wire we're talking with melissa melissa deaton today on live from nashville Learned a lot musically from that experience, didn't you? 
I really, yes, I really did. Um, and it's not, you know, the technicalities of it, just, just understanding how it all works together and, um, and just, you know, the heart of it and the feel of it. It was just amazing. And, um, and also just made my, my lifelong, you know, that's where my lifelong music family began. And that was such an mm-hmm. important part because there's music and then there's your community that, that supports you and helps you along the way. So that was an amazing beginning for me. You know, that is so true. You, um, the connections that you make in music, especially the music, the musicians that are around you locally, um, they do become your, your musical family. You know, the people that you turn to when you need help with um, some feedback on a song or um, some guitar chords, and I guess that's what I wanted to ask you next. I, you know, you and I do have that in common. I was a singer before I was a, a player, you know, a guitar player. And I think at some point um, I realized that I would need to start playing the guitar to to right. make it feasible to sing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And did you, that same thing dawn on you? You're like, okay, I got it. Yeah. Well, and I so badly wanted to write music, but, um, you know, it just seemed like so daunting and so difficult. And I, did, I couldn't play an instrument. I couldn't put music to anything. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually wrote my first song, which was Silent Lightning, 10 years before I ever, you know, started even playing the guitar. And, you know, that and that was the first song I ended up, you know, writing and putting together to music. And it just opened up you know, my world, even just doing basic chords and basic strumming. I mean, you can pretty much, you can get pretty far with just doing basic things and, um, and then, you know, building on that as well. And, um, it was such a great decision. So that's really neat that you, you didn't do that until later. Also, Yeah. And I don't think people realize, um, I, I love the guitar as an instrument just because it gives so much versatility and yes. if you have it in your heart to write, like it seems like you you did, because you're writing even before you were had the guitar skills. Um, yeah, the guitar gives you um, some real flexibility. You can write most most country songs are written with three chords. The song that right. "Bird on a Wire" sounds like two chords, correct? Um, I don't know right now, but I think it's more than two. But they're very full, you know, like A minor, right. A. E minor and D minor, you know, yeah. and G, I think, you know, just the basic um, chords. And I think that I actually wrote that one because uh, when I first started playing the guitar, you know, I had an exercise and it was just basically doing those chords in like a circle. And yeah. that's kind of where the chords from my, my exercise is where the, the chords and that kind of uh, rhythm came for that song. So I love that. Yeah, um, three chords and the truth. That's what that's a song right. needs. That's exactly. what I was thinking. <laughs> so, so when you perform today, do you really feel like you've got the guitar under your fingers, or does it still make you nervous? Because when I know it took me about ten years of playing, I was never worried if I could sing it. I was always worried right. that I could play it. Yeah. That is yes, and that, I mean that is so interesting. I'm so glad I was not alone in that. Um, because yeah, I mean, first I'm a, I'm a singer. I wouldn't even say I'm, I'm a guitar player, but I play the guitar and I'm, um, I'm really working this year. One of my goals is to really improve my guitar playing skills, but I mean, I've got the strumming and the basic chords down pat. <laughs> I've got that. 
Um, yeah. But I want to expand and bring some, you know, color and, and life life to it a little more. So I'm really working on that. Um, and then if that's kind of hard too, because then you, you're, you know, you're so com- comfortable staying where you are and then trying something new, you kind of feel like you're fumbling around again and it makes, you know, mm-hmm. it makes you nervous, but you know, that's part of growth. And that's really what my goal is for this year is yeah. to grow and grow vocally, grow with my music and learning to express myself and not be afraid to speak my truth. Um, because that's really hard in music too, to put yourself out there and, you know, say some personal things. Um, so that's something I'm really, you know, working on this year. Definitely. It's important to be vulnerable, but it, yeah. it also makes every, all the loved ones around us nervous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Adele said, you write about Adele, that. Said, <laughs> Adele has said, keep your music dangerous and your heart safe. Yes. So, yeah. And that's why you got to learn how to make it vague, but they kind of get the message, but, you know, not call mm-hmm. anyone out. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Well, really you had talked about the fact. as much as I can. Yeah. Uh, you had talked about the fact that the first song that you wrote was Silent Lightning, and that happens mm-hmm. to be the next song that we're going to get to right oh, now. Oh, well, perfect. So tell us about Silent Lightning before we play it. Well, I used to be a flight attendant for quite a few years, <clears throat> and I was on an overnight. We were at Fort Walton Beach, and we had this amazing hotel right there on, on the beach, which was really rare. And um, I was sitting in the sand, and there was a storm, like, way out to sea. And it was lightning, and you couldn't hear the thunder. It was silent. And, of course, at the time, I was going through, you know, relationship problems and this song just I mean it came to me and I ran back to my hotel room and wrote the song in like 20 minutes um, oh wow and I mean it was such a breakthrough for me because I you know I had this block and I wanted to write and I just couldn't get anything to come out um so it was like really exciting and um so that's, yeah that's where it came from silent lightning silent lightning this is it <laughs> and it is from the EP in the storm We'll be right back. Yeah. 
that's Melissa Deaton from the EP In the Sea, not In the Storm. In the Sea. <laughs> Even though I do like the title, too. In the Storm is also good. I like that. I like yeah, that one. That's a good title. I like that one. So when you, uh, when you do the next EP and you name it In the Storm, give me a little credit on that, okay? That's right. I was that's like, working. you know, my, I'm work. working on my next one. and <laughs> Oh, that's good. Might have uh, to use gosh. that. There you go. There you go. Hey, I was going to ask, uh, what is your writing process like? I, you know, do you do you do lyrics first, music, both at the same time? What gives you your ideas? Well, um, you know, I I used to try to write down the words and then figure out the music, and you know that it was a long process and it could be difficult, and that can happen too. But um, you know, sometimes I'll have just an idea. I won't have any words. And then I, I try to think of, you know, just a catchy melody for like a chorus. Um, and that's usually, you know, how I do it. And then I work, I work around that and everything kind of falls into place. So then a, a song I just recently wrote, um, I came up with the, the verses first, uh, the first verse and the, and the melody for the verse first. So, you know, it, it just kind of comes as it comes, but I usually try to think of, of music first and you know, kind of inspire okay. me, but I do have an okay. idea, usually have an idea, you know, work around it. Well, I know a lot of uh, a lot of writers tell me that they just listen to what's going on around them. We had a fellow on the show not too long ago, and he said he was at the exit inn, and uh, he, he bought a young lady a drink, and she said, "I like whiskey, but it doesn't like me." And that was the song <laughs> well, right perfect. there. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, yeah, how could it get any better than that? But uh, Well, that's how this yeah, last and, song was written. Someone told me, um, you know, I was talking about plastic people. They used the word plastic people, you know, yeah. being fake. And that's how I wrote this last one. It was like right away, and the song's called Plastic. So, you know, wow. I was, uh, oh. used to uh, hear things like that and think about it and then get off onto something else and forget it. So now I really try to remember those things, write it down and build upon those little nuggets that you get, you know? Yeah. So are you a write it down person or say it in your recorder on your phone? How does that work? I, I like to write things down. I, uh, I, I, I do stuff in my recorders sometimes, but I'm really more of a hands-on writing on paper kind of okay. kind of girl. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, everybody is just a little bit different in the way they like to do things. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm tech I I'm I don't like technology. I'm not very good at it. I like to <laughs> do it old old school. Oh <laughs> uh, gosh, that is so funny. That is so funny. Well, Mary Kay, I'm sure you have a question or two for this young lady. Well, yeah, I was um I was wondering if you know this show is live from Nashville. Do you have Nashville connections? Do you come to Nashville for any of your music? Um, well, I, I I haven't been down there for uh, music yet, which I hope that, that I will be. But I did live there for a few years. I lived in Hermitage. Um, yeah. I, I, and I wanted to – I was really young. I think I was 21. And um, I wanted to be around music, and I thought if I went to Nashville, at least I could be around it and even see if it was, like, uh, a world I even wanted to be a part of, you know? Yeah. Um, and I didn't really end up doing a lot of music down there, but I did learn a lot of life lessons. 
And I moved down there without knowing one single person and, um, you know, made it on my own. <laughs> so the life lessons were just as important in my future and career than if I had done music down there. But um, I really did so love my time there. I made some lifelong friends and so I love it there. Well, you'll be oh, back down here, team. what, in October for the Josie That's Awards? Right. Yeah. And, uh, I think I you've been nominated me. EP of the Year and Country Female Vocalist of the Year with the Josie Awards. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Last year I was uh, nominated for the EP and Vocalist, and this year I'm nominated for Vocalist and Songwriter Achievement Award. Oh, wow. wow. That's, congratulations. Wow. wow. Thank you. Well, yeah, that's something I thought I could never do. So it is a, it's a big accomplishment for me. Yeah, it is. Very exciting. Oh, gosh. Well, Melissa, that is absolutely great. We'll be cheering you on. And for Thank folks so that would much. like to be able to get your music, how can they do that? Well, they can go to my website. It's um, Melissa Deaton. Um, I think it's what is I, I'm really not very good with the website. Just go to my Facebook page. It's Melissa Deaton Jonathan, <laughs> and then I have a, a music Facebook page also. It's uh, Melissa Deaton Jonathan also, and you can find me through there. And it'll have like all my information on how you can get the album and it, anything else. I also paint. If they want some paintings, I can do that too. I can do all kinds of creative oh, wow, things. Wow, you're so, so creative. Yeah. Talented, talented, talented lady. Talented, talented lady. Thank you. Well, we're going to close out this segment with uh, another song from the EP, In the Sea. And uh, this is one called Steel. Melissa, thanks so much for being with us today. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Maybe we'll we'll see you in October. Look forward to seeing you. Yeah, I would love that. That'd be great. We need to meet up. All right, here we go. This is still Melissa Deaton.
You're listening to Live from Nashville. When we come back, we will be talking with Gary Nicholson today on Live from Nashville.
Doing fine. We're Doing great. Fine. It's so good to have you on. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you with us. And uh, I, I, a friend of ours, Lance Cowan, who is a public relations uh-huh. guy, has been a longtime friend. I have never had him so excited about talking about someone as he has been you. So I don't know yeah. what you paid him. Oh. But, but. Well, that's great. Well, I guess it was enough. I guess it was. I guess it was. I guess it was. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, Gary, for our audience that's listening around the world. You grew up in Texas? Yes. uh, I'm from Garland, Texas, and um, I um, went to South Garland High School. I went to North Texas State University in Denton for a couple of years and then moved to Los Angeles when I was 20 years old. Um, Yeah. And... um, put together a band there and made a couple of records that didn't do much of anything. And by 73, I was moving back to Texas and played in a bunch of country bars and, and had rock and roll bands that rehearsed a lot. And, um, and then in 1980, I moved to Nashville because I had a song that was featured in the Urban Cowboy movie recorded by Mickey Gilley. It was a song called Jukebox Argument. Oh, wow. And that was produced by my friend Jim Ed Norman, who had been the piano player of my band in the early 70s in Los Angeles. So he was instrumental in getting you to Nashville in the 80s then? Not only instrumental, he he, uh, was a house to move to. Then I had two sons. I have four sons now. The young sons and the Jim Ed, they bought a house in Nashville. He never lived in it, and I moved in there, and it was great. And he gave me a publishing draw, and um, I immediately, when I got to Nashville, started playing on the road with Guy Clark to make some extra money outside of my publishing draw. Yeah. And uh, played with Guy for about three or four years, and the to and then, um, and then um, I played with Bill Shaver for about a year, year and a half or so, and Bobby Bear and uh, a few other um, people away, you know, just uh, wow. making some money playing playing guitar uh, while I was um, developing as a songwriter. I, I had a few songs on the radio in the early 80s. Um, a few more Mickey Gilly things, and and then my first number one record was in '84, um, and that was that's the thing about about Don Williams, and I Don was on the Williams, road with Bobby yeah. Bear at that time, and he uh, me um, the chance to help him find a guitar player when we got to town, so that I could stay in town and, and write songs instead of riding his bus. Oh wow! Which is very, very generous. <laughs> I would nice think so. I would think so. I would think so. Well, you have yeah, by, over six hundred. I was. Uh, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that was. I started writing Tree Publishing, which is a, a, not Sony, but it was Tree Publishing at the time. I wrote for Jim Norman for three years. And, Went on to run Warner Brothers Records for 25 years, and 
and I went to publishing, and I was there as a staff writer for 15 years until I started oh, wow. my own publishing company. So wow. that's, a, that's a capsule of my situation. Wow. Well, over that's 600 quite, songs that have been recorded. Yeah, that's quite a capsule. Over 600 songs that have been recorded, and uh, from movies to to number one hits just with everybody. But uh, this next song that I'm going to get to, Gary, is one called Fallen and Flying. And this was in the movie Crazy Heart. Who sang that? Jeff Bridges. Uh, it's he's, he performs the song twice in the movie, once in a club and once in a concert situation with Colin Farrell as his uh, uh, collaborator singing along with him. Oh, wow. Well, let's take a listen to Fallen and Flying and come back and talk more with Gary Nicholson today on Live from Nashville. Shouldn't see, knowing who I shouldn't know. Being 
Live from Nashville. We're so excited to have you on the show today, Gary. I, you know, Thank you. we we do a lot of um, listening and researching and deep dive into the music of our guests, and and you're a pretty big deep pool of music to jump into. <laughs> it's been mm. really exciting. I I'm also a singer songwriter. Gary, um, of course, is a radio host for over 11 years now. We've had some amazing singer-songwriters on the show, but we've never had anyone with your catalog on on our show before. And um, over 600, 600 hits. And um, no, you know, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say there's 600 hits. There, I, I've had there there are over six. There's probably more like 700 recordings of my songs, but but I've written thousands of songs and um and I definitely haven't had 600 hit songs. <laughs> well, you know you you've written the songs and you have a prolific career. Are you writing every day? Well, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'm just kind of writing all all the time. It's it's a it's a way of life for me. I'm very fortunate that that um yeah, I've I um I write songs all the time. Um but it's not like a it's not the discipline that it was in my early career in Nashville. I I was I had a publisher and a, and they're paying me in advance and I I had to um I had to produce, you know, so I was and I was hungrier then, my kids were young and I was facing mm-hmm. down having to pay for four college educations and all those things, um, you know, and, uh, yeah. So now I'm, make a I'm really don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, or yeah. that kind of. Uh, there's no pressure now. I just uh, and I'm, I'm writing a lot more by myself and writing songs with artists that I really appreciate, and um, I'm not trying to chase um, the music row hits scenario um it's i'd like i'd love to get lucky with a, a hit on on a mainstream country pop radio or, you know that's kind of where the, yeah. the money is yeah. uh, but um you know i'm i'm not a part of that generation and it really takes uh having somebody who wants to have what i do as a part of their artistry yeah. I'm glad to collaborate have, with you. You have a wonderful uh, a video and a song called uh, "About Music Row," and you have a line in that in that song that says, you, "When you could buy a house for a song." There's so many um, so many great lines in that song. You can watch that for our audience. You can find that on um, YouTube. That song. But um, it was interesting. The video that you had done you kind of had a lot of lots of um, pictures and videos of the new construction going on in Nashville and things do change. And Gary has lived in Nashville for a long, long time. I'm come from out West, but, but there have been a bunch of changes and, you know, some for good and and some for, well, I wouldn't say bad, but different for sure. Different for sure. So, Gary, have you seen yeah, the music industry awesome. change in Nashville? Because you and I are about the same age, my friend. 
And uh, have you seen the changes? Well, it's been quite a while since things started changing. For me, I um, I mean, over the last 20 years, really, I mean, um, it's, um, I don't know what happened, but somehow um, country music took a left turn somewhere along the way to a point where on country radio, you couldn't hear Merle Haggard, George Jones, Willie Nelson, John Anderson, mm-hmm. um, anybody that was country, Emmy Lou Harris, um, all the people that I like were absent from mainstream country radio, and, and there weren't artists that I felt strongly compelled to write songs for, for to, to yeah. aim specifically at them. I, it's now it's become a situation where um, in order to get songs recorded, pretty much have to write with the artists. And a majority of those artists are, um, you know, of a younger generation. And so I understand right. the, the ageism, uh, you know, um, the generational changes and the fact that, you know, I mean, I, I will, I've written a number of songs with young emerging artists and, and uh, but the songs they wind up recording are the songs they write with their pals, uh, riding yeah, the bus, yeah. going down the road, drinking tequila <laughs> till four in the morning or whatever. You know? <laughs> but, uh, well, you've written <laughs> with almost everybody out there, and you've written in so many different genres of music. But what I wanted to ask you about was how did you and Ringo Starr get hooked up? Uh, that was the result of um, I I went on a bunch of uh, trips. Uh, to various different cultures that would have American songwriters collaborate with different cultures. And and one of those was in Bali, Indonesia. And I I met a guy named Mark Hudson, who was one of the Hudson brothers that had a TV show uh, in the 70s. And um, Mark and I um, drew names out of a hat, and we were um, sent to write a song with the Indonesian Elvis and wow. so we wrote a rockabilly <laughs> song for him. And and uh, anyway, Mark and I got to be friends, and he began producing Ringo's records, and he asked me if I would like to collaborate on a song <laughs> for Ringo, and, and I generated an idea about George Harrison called Never Without You, and we left some lines in the song for, for Ringo to be able to uh, – say some things about George. They were, of course, really close. Right. So that was that was the first record, uh, first co-write with Ringo. Ringo wasn't in the room, but uh, I got to play on the record eventually they, when they recorded. Uh, I played on the record, and then, um, then Mark and Ringo were no longer working with each other, but I continued to work with Ringo for six of his records. Um, oh wow! Recorded about eight eight songs of, that we've co-written, and and he's had videos for most of them. And um, yeah, it was just a wonderful thing because I had a Beatle band when I was a teenager, and and um, yeah, and I always respected Ringo's amazing drumming, his compositional stuff. I mean, he he crafted those drum parts, you know, spontaneously and. I, I think he's just a masterful musician, you know, that doesn't really get credited that much with being how great he really is. Um, 
But anyway, uh, yeah, that's how that evolved. It's, uh, and that is interesting. To, to, that uh, is interesting. To, to ride with Ringo. He's he's a real special guy. He's been re- really generous and nice to me. Oh, that's great. Well, it's interesting that you can write with Merle Haggard or Willie Nelson and then turn around and write with Ringo Starr. And so the, the versatile, variety yeah. of people that you have written with and the music you have produced is just yeah. pretty amazing. Well, just, just to make sure you... There's not something. I never wrote a song with Merle Haggard, and although Willie Nelson's recorded a, a number of my songs, okay, so, all right, whatever. I, I've never co-written with Willie. So, okay, so all right, you got that right. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, if he if he sings your songs, that's okay too. That's a pretty good deal. Well, interestingly yeah. enough, <laughs> when the day that Merle Haggard passed, I wrote a song called "He Won't Ever Be Gone," and I sent it to Willie that day. And he recorded it. It's there's a YouTube video of that as well. Uh, he won't ever be gone, and and uh, it's a tribute to Merle that Willie made a record of. Wow! 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 Well, I want to get to another song real quickly. That's one called "Better Word for Love." What can you tell us about this one, Gary? Uh, that was co-written with Al Anderson, and. Uh, I have to give Al credit for the chord changes and the melody. He brought it to me. Um, he had he had written the the changes and the melodic part of the song, and he didn't have a lyric. And uh, so that in that case, he wrote all the music, and I wrote all the words. And that's the way our writing relationship has gone since then. I've written. A, a number of songs with Al. One was on Bonnie Raitt's last record, and uh, uh, we've we've had numerous recordings of our songs. But we always write in that mode where I'm pr- predominantly the lyricist, and he's predominantly the music guy. Well, this is a beautiful song. It's called "Better Word for Love." We're talking with Gary Nicholson today on Live from Nashville. <laughs> I'll ask the 
Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway uh, um, I just uh, started doing it, and and uh, it gave me the freedom performing as Whitey Johnson to lean on all the blues songs that that I've written through the through the years, and 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 have various bands around the country because it's fun to play blues music and, and um, I've got a great band in, in Austin and Dallas. And for a while, still have guys in LA and, and San Francisco and Chicago, but um, I'm not traveling around doing that as much. The pandemic knocked a hole in that. And, and yeah, um, yeah lately I'm, Whitey still does a few shows here and there in Texas coming up. But, um, well, it's been a lot it, it, yeah. Well, you you and you are a phenomenal guitarist, by the way. Just for our audience well, out there, yeah, you guys, great guitarist. Yeah, and it's and I watched uh, I watched I watched a little bit of Whitey Johnson at uh, Hippie Jacks on YouTube a little bit earlier today. Oh. And no, so that's, that's one of those <laughs> tough things. Yeah, I was so so unbelievably sick when we did that. I, Oh really? Oh, wow. I I just I just I I had a horrible yeah I, I threw up right before we went on to do that oh, show. Oh my goodness! It was, it was terrible. Well, you would I, never I, know. I regret that that wound up being available to people because um, anyway, that's it is what it is. Well, well, you did well covering that thing up. Yeah, you were. It was great. Well, that's good. It was great. That's good. Yeah. But anyway, you have written with so many people. You have had so many people record your music. And another one that we want to get to right now is The Trouble with the Truth. And this is Patty Lovelace's version of this song. Is there anything you can tell us about The Trouble with the Truth? Yes. um, That song was about eight years old when it got recorded. Uh, It didn't get pitched a lot because it was... uh, a philosophy song. It wasn't really a boy-girl song. It wasn't up-tempo, positive, whatever it was the flavor of the day in the, at that time. But so I was still a staff writer at Tree, but that song was um, was not championed by my publisher, even though I felt it was Good the song. best song I'd written at the time. And uh, so I played it on a radio interview, uh, kind of like what we're doing now with the. A uh, fellow named uh, um, Peter Rodman, who's uh, he, it was a radio show, and I played the song on the radio. And Patty and her husband Emery Gordy were cooking dinner that night and listened to the radio, and they heard me do the song. And I had uh, played on a record, a Guy Clark record, with Emery, and I I knew him. And Patty had recorded another song of mine, and anyway, I got in touch with them the next day, and and. Uh, they did that version and it wound up being the title of her next record and a top 10 single for her. So. Wow. 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 The way things happen, it's just unreal. Yeah. But this is the trouble with the truth. Patty Lovelace is doing this one. We're talking with Gary Nicholson today on live from Nashville.
Nashville, heard around the world on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, 
iTunes, Spotify, and our website, equestrianlegacy.net. Well, we've been visiting with Gary Nicholson today, and Gary, you are a great guest. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of in agreement with my wife. I don't think we've ever had a guest on the show that has written as many songs as you have. But uh, such a career. Well, I'm, such a career. I'm glad to talk with you guys. Thanks yeah. for including me. Well, well thanks for taking the time to be to with you. us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how did I want one quick question? How did you uh, how how did you get into so many different genres of music? Because the variety of music that you've written target those things. Did it just happen? Just people that you were writing well, with? Well, I I um I was kind of a blues nerd when I was a kid, and then I got into country music kind of because of country rock music because. I was a fan of the burritos and birds and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And my early bands were kind of country folk, the band in California. And, and then I moved back to Texas and played a lot of country music, uh, Western swing and stuff um, around Dallas-Fort Worth area mostly for a while. So that was where that was coming from. And I would always have a blues band that played on my off night you know, when I wasn't playing the, the big honky-tonk dance halls and stuff. So I've just been into roots music um, all along, and the other things just kind of evolved out of that. I, I think uh, I've, I've written like 20 songs now for Buddy Guy, and he was a childhood, uh, well, childhood teenage hero of mine, and of yeah. course B.B. King and... and uh, and those things, but a lot of the uh, pop artists, uh, Stevie Nicks, Fleetwood Mac, you know, Ringo, that kind of stuff. It's just uh, from having been doing this a long time, and uh, I met Stevie before she joined Fleetwood Mac, and she sang background on a recording that a friend of mine from, was doing in California, and uh, and um, we remained, you know, in touch after that, and. Um, yeah, and it's because of Stevie that I wound up with a song Fleetwood Mac record, which is an odd thing for a uh, hillbilly songwriter to be involved in. But, <laughs> um, um, anyway, um, yeah, just um, I think it's just uh, I'm interested in this these kinds of music and different kinds of things, and I, I've always enjoyed bluegrass music, and um, so that's where that's coming from. I had a bluegrass band in California um, for a while. And uh, I don't know, it's just, uh, I'm interested in, it's really the songs themselves. I mean, yeah, beyond yeah. the stylistic differences, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just, and, and a lot of times what occurs is, is an artist is making a record and maybe they have skills as an instrumentalist or a singer or whatever, but everybody's, in need of a lyric, you know, so a lot of times my uh, way into some of these uh, situations is uh, to bring the lyrics, you know, to that, that's, um, I think that's what's afforded me these opportunities is, is um, working with various artists um, to help them 
as, as lyricists, you know. Yeah. Crafting the lyrics. Yeah. 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 Well, let's see, um, you know. Anyway, it, it, it's there. I mean, it, I'm I'm amazed myself when I look back at it. I just, you know, things just happen and you don't know how it's happening or where the next thing's coming from. I never dreamed I'd be right with uh, Ringo. I never dreamed I'd be right with Buddy Guy. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So have you ever thought about writing your biography? I'm in the middle of doing that right now, actually. I have a All right. Oh, cool. yeah, I thought, you know, it's, that uh, that needs to be done. Yeah, I've, I've got, it's called Guitar Memoir. I, I realized that Guitar and Memoir rhymed. So I thought it'd be a good title. And uh, I've got about 30 stories and 30 guitars. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's really interesting. I'm just trying to, to, uh, wrap it up and, uh, I've got pictures of all the guitars, you know, that, that relate to the stories and, um, I, I'm working on it. So I, I should have, wow. I should have something within the year. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Mary Kay, we got a, yeah. I, I want for my, for my birthday, I want his book. Okay. Make it <laughs> up. We can make that make happen. That's that right. Happen. Make that happen. Well, Gary Nicholson, you have been absolutely great. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us today. And where can people find you and your music? Well, my website is GaryNicholsonMusic.com. It used to be GaryNicholson.com, and somebody stole that from me, so it's now GaryNicholsonMusic.com. <laughs> All right. And... Uh, yeah, I don't know why people do such things, you know, just trying to make know. money by selling you back your domain name. But, um, yeah. yeah, and I have my records are on, uh, you know, Spotify, YouTube. I, I released two records in 2019. One was a Gary record called The Great Divide, and another was a Whitey record. Um, and so um, I'm in the process now of, recording another record of new songs for a new Gary record for a label called Qualified Records. And um, the new artist um, that's on that label is Yates McKendry. I don't know if you've heard of him yet, but you will. I haven't. Uh, he's one of the most talented people I've ever been around. He's 21 years old. He plays all the instruments expertly, and I've written some songs with him for his record, and now I'm going to make a record for uh, the same label that he records for, qualified, and um, I'm going to start that next week. Actually, oh wow, wow! But already he's. Uh, if you go on on YouTube and look for "Make Good Trouble," uh, there's a, cu- a couple of versions. But the version that's on Qualified Records uh, of "Make Good Trouble" it begins with uh, the Tennessee Three. When they were expelled from the legislature, um, oh, wow. I already had the video done, and I just thought it'd be a great idea to uh, support them with my yeah. video, uh, which was initially written as a tribute to John Lewis. And um, uh, anyway, the the record label inserted the Tennessee Three in my existing video, and uh, it's an interesting, interesting. thing that's, to see. We'll, tiny, we'll, look for, we'll look for that. Yeah, yeah that's check great. It out. Check it out. I'm, so they put that out as a single already, and um, it did really well. We got a lot of 
views on that. And, um, yeah, check it out. Well, it's interesting. Make good trouble. It's interesting because the last song that we're going to get to today is Make Good Trouble. And Uh. and I could relate. (laughs) I could relate to that because uh, I remember very well where I was when Martin Luther King was assassinated and the trouble that was going on in Nashville at the time. So mm-hmm. I, I, I certainly could relate to that. Gary, thanks so much for yeah. being with us today. We look forward yeah. to it. Come glad, back again. Glad to do it. Come yeah. back again. We'd, we'd like to visit yeah, with you some please, more and please, share uh, some more music. Please consider having me when I, when I get my book finished. I, I'll need all the help I can get. So. We'll we do what we can. Great. Yeah, we yeah, would love to have you. Thank you very much. Thank you for well, what thank you do. you. Thank you. This thank is you, Make Gary. Good Trouble, Gary Nicholson. We'll be right back. You got the reason. 
everything tapped up underneath their arms. Walk away from everything just to see a dream come true. So God bless the boy to make the noise on 16th Avenue. With a million dollar spirit and an old flat top guitar. They drive to town with all they own in a hundred dollar car. Cause one time someone told them about a friend of a friend they knew. Who owns you no way studio on 16th Avenue. Now some are born to money. They've never had to say survive. And others swing a nine-pound hammer just to stay alive. There's cowboys, drunks, and Christians, mostly white and black and blue. They've all dialed a phone, collect a home in 16th Avenue. But then one night in some empty room Where no curtains ever hung Like a miracle Some golden words rolled Off of someone's tongue And after years of being nothing They're all looking right at you And then for a while You go in style on 16th Avenue Oh, it looks so uneventful, so quiet and discreet. But a lot of lives were changed down on that little one-way street. They walk away from everything just to sing for me and you. So God bless the boy to make the noise on 16th Avenue. God bless all the girls who make the noise down on 16th Avenue. From the corners of the country, from the cities and the farms, with the years and years of living tucked up underneath there are. Walk away from it.